0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Are we on? I think we're on. Phoenix, I just opened the bottle. You ready to get the show started? Okay, be right there. You ready? Okay. We're the witches which is next, next door? door.
2: We're so nerdy.
1: We really are.
2: <laughs> you know, when we were
1: recording that uh-huh. with the little wine poppery sounds and the background folio papers, papers. moving, mm-hmm. I thought, this is really brilliant. And the more I listened to it, I think, what a load of cheese.
2: I told you it was cheesy. I said it was cheesy from the beginning, but you were so into it.
1: I know. I still like it, though, you're cheesy. even though it's cheesy, <laughs> because, because it's cheesy. cheesy.
2: And now I want something cheesy.
1: Mm. cheese.
2: Hello. Welcome to The Witches Next Door.
1: The episode about cheese. No, wait.
2: Wait, I don't think that's
1: right. No, it's not. Uh, so this is the episode where we're going to talk about uh, spells that went wrong. Yeah. Or, you know, just general witchery that got right. a, a bit fucked up. When
2: you got problems that you caused <clears throat> on your own.
1: By your own <laughs> witchiness. Yeah. Or lack thereof.
2: Perhaps because you didn't know no better. Perhaps because you Because
1: you didn't know no better? Yeah,
2: I said it on, like that on purpose. Perhaps <clears> because <throat> you messed something up. Perhaps because you did a spell and then went, rut row. why did I do that?
1: <laughs> what did you say? Rut-ro. <laughs> <laughs> Those are ancient magical words. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, uh, you know, as often as the case, I have uh, a question slash statement slash provocative idea. Ooh. Do I ever really have provocative ideas? Probably not. You uh, think
2: they're you think they are. You think they're innovative and provocative.
1: Innovative. Yes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's an, an innovative if way you,
2: to say it. If you you thought it then see this is the big difference between you and me. This yeah. okay, I'm gonna break it down for everyone. Are you ready for this?
1: This is about spells gone wrong?
2: No. If Gleon has a thought or an idea in his mind, it must be the first time anyone has ever had that thought or idea. Oh, for, but for me, if Phoenix has a thought or idea, she assumes everyone must already know that. That is the <laughs> that is the difference between the two of us. Is it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's one of them. Yeah. Oh. Okay.
2: Go on, then I'll shut up.
1: No, no, please. I don't have any uh, new ideas, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I don't think that's true. Okay. Well, there was a conversation stuff around right there.
0: <laughs> you said
2: you had a provocative statement. <clears throat> Go on.
1: Yeah, maybe it's not that provocative. So, um, some... don't
2: start doubting yourself now.
1: Well, you've done a great job of having me doubt myself now. Oh,
2: please. I have no impact on how much you love yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, you do. Uh, all right. So, look, you have said mm. in classes and at retreats and at camps and other places that you teach Mm
0: -hmm. i've heard
1: you say little secret you can't do magic wrong so if you're worried that you should do something on a full moon and that you should be wearing a green hat and that you should use this stone or this candle it doesn't really matter just do the thing yeah because you can't fuck it up yeah but you can fuck it up sure Oh, see, look at that! Ooh. Got you in a bind, right there. No, it's called <laughs> yeah.
0: paradox.
1: Ooh, I like a paradox. I do too. I look great in them. Mm. Uh, so, um, I understand. No, let me rephrase that. As I understand it, mm-hmm. what you're saying is, um, even if you don't have the quote-unquote right tools or the right training or you've never done a piece of magic before. You should do it anyway because doing the thing is better than not doing the thing, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. And you often say, you know, because you can't do it wrong. But, I mean, you can do it wrong. Well, yes and no. Oh, say more. Say more. more. I
2: mean, here's the deal, right? The problem slash issue is that many folks who are new to all this weirdness... Mm are so afraid of doing it wrong that they do nothing. Right. And that's just plum ridiculous. Right. Mm. So rather than be fearful about doing all the things in a very specific methodical way, just do the thing. And, Mm. you know, cause honestly like this, uh, there's all this stuff out there, especially the internet, which is filled with amazing and bullshit information. People are worried about, like, blowback or cursing themselves or doing a ritual or a spell and then having something bad happen. Because, like a,
1: a demon coming to death. Yeah,
2: right. right. Most of the time, most of the time, if something, quote, unquote, goes wrong, it's just not going to work. You know, if you're trying to manifest money, if you're doing a money spell – um, and you're, you know, you need to pay your rent. So you're trying to manifest a very specific amount of money. If it goes wrong, you have a few options, right? It goes wrong, meaning you get more money than you anticipated, or you get less money than you anticipated, or you get nothing. You're not going to all of a sudden lose everything. That's not going to be because of a spell you fucked up. That's not the way it works. So people get real worried about doing it wrong. And the fear and the frozenness that can come with that is actually more detrimental to spells than doing it wrong. You're not going to do it wrong. Yeah. You're not going to do it wrong. But if you're afraid you're going to do it wrong, then you're inviting that in. If you're afraid that doing this, this spell is going to actually cause harm, then bring the goal that you want. Then you're creating that crack in your spell work. You're calling that in. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and self-fulfilling prophecies are a bigger issue in magic and witchcraft and paganism than curses or negative work or dark magic or hexes. Yeah. Hexes. Thank you. Any of the stuff that people are so afraid of, you should be more afraid about a self-fulfilling prophecy of of, of you creating the problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Mm. having said all that,
0: yeah,
1: you and I, Uh, individually Mm
0: -hmm.
1: have completely bollocks up spells before or done spells that had massive unintended consequences.
2: Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I, I, yes, sure. I think more what I could admit to (laughs) (laughs) is that I've done spells and then later went, why did I do that? That's not actually what I wanted. Or I did that for the wrong reasons, Hmm. right? That's more of what I've run into rather than I tried to manifest a car and I ended up with a goat.
1: (laughs) Is that where that goat came from? Spells gone wrong. (laughs) Calling in the goat.
2: I tried to do a spell for a Mustang and I ended up with a horse. Yeah, no. Right. I mean, that's not really how it works. No. No. Unless you are about to give me an example of when you manifested
0: <laughs> a Mustang.
1: Well, I don't have a goat <laughs> or a Mustang.
0: How sad. I know. Where's the pity? Hmm.
1: Hmm. Well, I will tell you a time I did a spell that went wrong. And again, wrong is uh, right. wrong the wrong is word. Wrong is the wrong word. Right, right. Yes. Where I did, uh, I, I did a, a spell and it <laughs> turned out disastrously, disastrously. Go on. And before I get to that point, mm. interesting little uh, fact, a little behind the scenes here at The Witches Next Door. When I was setting up this show a few hours ago, uh, we have to go online and set it up in the studio and you know all that kind of stuff beforehand. I set it up and you know the show is titled the one where we talk about spells that went wrong and other sort of m- magical fuckery. <laughs> and um, I set the time wrong. You did it wrong. I did. I did it wrong. So here I am talking about us doing the show where we do the magic wrong, and I totally did the magic wrong and set the show to air like two hours before it was posted.
2: And what was the consequences of that? You just had to redo it.
1: Well, in this case, (laughs) the consequences were pretty benign. I just had to do it all over again. Right,
2: which is often Mm -hmm. what you have to do when a spell goes wrong. Is it? You just have to do it all over again.
1: Is it?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: It's like if you're a knitter, which, you know, I don't know how many of you are a knitter. I'm only like a beginning knitter. But if you F up a stitch and you keep going and don't realize, and then you look back and you're like, oh, man, like 20 lines ago, I F'd up. Then you have to undo it and redo it. And then do all that work over again.
1: Wait, can you do a spell? I mean, Can you undo a spell and then redo it?
2: You can't really undo a spell, no. You can redo a spell. I, well, okay, I want to just um, asterisk this real quick and and make a side note what we're talking about now is something that lots of magical practitioners are going to have different opinions about so you're getting (laughs) phoenix and guion's opinions about this and our personal experiences about this but even with what i'm about to say someone else would be like she's full of crap that's not how it works but yes it is go on then what were we just talking about because i lost my train of thought going Uh, on my little rant undoing oh yeah so you can't really undo a spell You just have to wait for it to fizzle out.
1: Or never get signed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, if you did something like, well, I guess there's a way you can undo a spell. Like if you've done a mirror box or a freezer spell on someone, you can go and unbury that mirror box and release that person. Or you can go and get someone's name out of the freezer and melt it and let it go. But usually you're only going to do that if the situation's resolved. You're not just going to be like, oh, I'm done freezing this person. They're no longer a terrible human, you know. Usually you don't want that to happen. So I guess you can undo spells, but usually you just gotta wait for it to fizzle out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you think someone's gonna disagree with that? <clears throat> uh, yeah. That's what you went on your rant about.
2: Yeah, I think there are practitioners who think you who who do undo spell work. And, you know, and there are magical practitioners who undo other practitioners spell work, you know, in some realms, magical practitioners are very competitive um, and um, witch wars and all that kind of bullshit that I don't like to get involved with, you know, so if someone else does a spell for you, if you pay someone to do a spell for you on someone like, okay, Gleon, I'm going to do a spell To mirror box you I'm going to stop you from causing harm Uh, Anything you do is going to be reflected back to you I'm putting you in a mirror box And then you're like Something's weird, I feel off And I'm having all this bad luck Because you've been being a jerk And all of that's coming back to you So you go to a magical practitioner And you're like, hey I think something's wrong with me I need your help That magical practitioner might try to undo The mirror box spell But stuff like that's not easy to do So, you know, it can be done, but like none of this is science. It's magic. So nothing is cut and dry. Nothing is set in stone. There is no one true, accurate, correct way. It is messy and dirty and fun. So you have to, you know, just roll with it. And with everything that is said, there is a complete opposite opinion, or situation, or experience that will contradict it, and that's all truth.
1: Wow, that was some heavy shit. Thank you. Yeah, that's
0: deep. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a deep individual. Mm. Mm.
1: So this one time,
2: (laughs) go on. (laughs) Let's hear about your fuckery. Uh, No, just your witchcraft. Messiness.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done some messy witchcraft over the years for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. But one, I think, like there are two examples that I've got, and one of them, I don't even. I think I was just in the beginning stages of being a magic worker, Mm -hmm. right? Doing like I, I intentionally put something out there, and didn't realize quite what I was saying and i think this is
2: i know where this is
1: going yeah there's a couple of them and there's there's uh i think this is the quote-unquote mistake that a lot of especially newer but a lot of witches make Mm -hmm. right magic workers make is they they do not always think about what the consequences could be yeah or they make the spell so either broad or Mm -hmm. narrow Mm -hmm. that um it's almost impossible for it to work yeah right so a very long time ago, um, I was wanting to do more, right? I was wanting to to be more involved. I was wanting to um, shoulder more of the load. And so I, <clears throat> I made this big pronouncement about asking for capacity, you know, sort of like a big petition to the gods or to the universe or to whatever and Give me more capacity. And here's the problem with that. The only way you know how much more you can carry or shoulder or how many more burdens that you can uh, uh, hold is for you know the universe or the gods or the world or whatever you believe in to absolutely. Absolutely rain shit upon you. Pile it on. Pile it on, right? You're like, I can't take another thing. This must be my. Oh no, there's another thing. Oh look, I can hold more. I can hold more. Put another
2: grocery bag on my
1: arm. Right, and all of a sudden, I was buried and went, stop, stop, stop. And then, you know, again, the universe, the gods, or whatever went, okay, one more. And then I sort of buckled under all the strain, Mm -hmm. and I realised much later, oh well, I asked for capacity. Now the weird thing is, of course. I did learn how much I could shoulder, Um, how much I could carry. And I also learned what my breaking point was. mm -hmm. So ultimately the spell worked, Mm -hmm. but what a colossal fuck up. And I remember saying, I will never, ever, ever ask, you know, like to be tested to my limits of breaking Mm -hmm. again, because, you know, the universe will go, well, all right then.
2: Well, I also think it's interesting because I know a little bit about, the circumstances around some of this stuff, you know, of yours, right? So I also think it's interesting where people are thinking of, well, I did this spell, I got the candle and I got the herbs and I got the puppet and the thing and I did the thing and they're thinking of that, of a very specific spell working. Mm -hmm. But what people often forget is if you are in a ritual or you go to a spiritual retreat or you're in any sort of sacred space, And you say something or invoke something or call something in, that is a spell, too. Yeah. And and so you might even not even realize the spell that you've created because you just, you know, you were in a ritual at a witch camp and you wanted to, well, I don't want to give away what your potential other spell gone wrong might be.
1: Just finish your thought.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to burn this thing in the fire to release it. And then, you know, you realize... Oh, that thing is completely gone now. Oh crap!
0: Yeah. Like,
2: what are the what are the actual real life repercussions of that? Right. You know, and I, um, magical practitioners are we are a wide range from you know ceremonial magicians, spell workers, hoodoo workers, root workers, witches, and then there is a whole grouping of people who call themselves spiritual and may not even call what they do spell work. Right. But it is, yeah. you know, so you got to be aware of what you do in sacred space and what you call out, call in, release. It has everything has a real world cost.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the um the, the second example, the one that you're sort of alluding to is I was at this week long retreat. It was it was a witch camp
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I was at this week long retreat and uh, a couple, three days into the retreat. Um, I was in a working with a group of people. The way this particular retreat works is you you choose a, a path essentially to follow for the week, uh, and so we would meet with the same people at the same time every day and and sort of continue the magic that we'd started before. It's like a workshop. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a workshop. Uh, so one of the the exercises or magical things that we were doing was we had it. We were doing a fire spell and we wrote on the. Um, on some pieces of paper, things that we wanted to release or or um, cut ourselves away from, basically. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I was driving 600 miles a week right. for work, uh, just in commute. Like it was, it was about 90 miles a day to and from the office, right? 90 miles each direction. So yeah. I was doing 180 miles a day roughly and i had to go into the office three or four days a week so i was driving you know six eight hundred miles a week and i I did this for a a few years and my body was racked you know like i'd i was so bored in the car because Mm -hmm. i'd i'd listened to every uh piece of music that i could possibly think of i had um Listen to every talk radio that had come on at the time there was just nothing and this was kind of before the advent of podcasts you know Mm -hmm. so i was just absolutely in this two-hour drive home just bored by the time i would get home i would sort of roll out of my car and my body was just wrecked right like i mean i just i felt like an old man and um I, i just yeah it was i was super uncomfortable and and it, it was really weighing on me. And I remember in this magical workshop at this retreat, throwing into the fireplace, saying something along the lines of I wanted to release everything that was associated with my um, uh, my sort of non-magical life up to that point mm-hmm. I had a, a little bit more of a specific intention but I don't, I don't want to say it exactly mm-hmm. just in case it happens again you know but I basically I said I wanted to release all of these things and then I listed all of those things and then threw them into the fire and you know off they went <laughs> two days after getting back from the workshop I got fired right <laughs> And I lost, you know, at the time, a really handsome income, lots of security, right. you know, all the things that I'd associated with my former life, quote, unquote, you know, sort of went right out the window. And I I remember thinking, oh, fuck, I should have been really more specific mm-hmm. and said, I want to release like this commute or I want to release, you know, I I want to replace this with that, not just release this thing and leave this big void. Right. And I, Oh God. And I laughed about it. Unfortunately, you know, when I did leave that company or when they asked me to leave, (laughs) they did take care of me sort of financially. So it gave me a little bit of breathing room and then, you know, I went on to something else and that worked out just wonderfully. But um, yeah, like direct impact. I'm going to do this thing. And uh, was really sloppy in my spell work, you right. know, basically said, I want to cut away everything from this former life and then got cut, you right. know, like quite literally. So right. um, so that was a colossal fuck up. So those are like the two that stand out to me. There have been others, you yeah. know, throughout the years, too, that I really, um, that really come to mind. Yeah. Uh, that are personal. What about you? Have you had any sort of. Spell work that you did that got sideways on you?
2: No, uh, sort of. Mo- the like the two examples that I can give are more about mm, doing spell work for the wrong reasons. Oh, go on. You know, so like when I was a, and I this term has been getting a little bit of heat lately, but I don't care. When I was a baby witch, when I was new to all of this, and I was a young teen, um, I you know did all kinds of love spells and whatnot, and there was a, I had two best friends and the three of us all liked the same boy. So I did a spell so that he would like me. I didn't actually like him, but my two girlfriends did. And so it sort of became this competition Mm -hmm. between the three of us, which was not healthy and weird, but you know, teenagers. Uh, And so I did spell work so that he would become my boyfriend and it worked and he became my boyfriend, but I didn't like him. And he didn't really like me either. Um, he was much more interested in the one of my friends who actually was even less interested in him than me. Um, so it was just this weird competitive thing. And then we ended up dating and, and then and it, it, ended, it ended, it ended very quickly, actually. Cause I was like, Ugh, like, I don't even like you. This is so weird. How did we get into this situation? So that was more like, cause I didn't, it's coercive magic in the first place. So sure. that's, you know, your ethical values may vary on whether you should be doing love magic on specific people. No judgment, but, you know, it is an ethical conundrum. Sure. Um, so that's problematic. And then, you know, I just did it to win competition. I didn't actually care about that person.
1: America's next top witch. <laughs> yeah. Is the spell effective? Yeah. Oh, well done, Phoenix.
2: And usually, (laughs) like, uh, there's more than two, but like the two that stand out to me. There are always situations where I'm trying to fuck around with someone else. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And because there's always unintended consequences when you do magic that is coercive or infringes on someone else. it's There's like a whole extra layer of stuff you have to take into consideration and that you might have to pay for and you don't know what the cost is until you've paid it. Yeah. But I was at a retreat and I was supposed to, I was going teaching for, at one retreat and I was basically had a week between two different retreats. Um, and there was going to be someone at the second retreat that I really didn't want to be around. They're just not a good person. And so at the first retreat, I was leading a piece of magic, kind of what you're talking about, you know, about like uh, we were actually, we were sending snakes out and home to sort of plant seeds of what we wanted to take home from our retreat. But I was kind of being shady and I was drumming and I was deep in this process and I was sending snakes to keep this person from attending the retreat.
0: Hmm.
2: Cause I just did not want to be around them. I did not want to see them. Uh, I very much dislike this person and I don't feel um, comfortable in their company. And I, and honestly, like to, just to go a little bit deeper than that, I actually th- think that this is not a good person. So it goes even a little bit further than me just not liking them. Because sometimes you just don't like people, especially in community. There's always going to be, as one of our mentors says, someone just doesn't smell right. right. It's not. Uh, it's not bad. It's just sometimes you don't click with people. It's totally okay. But for me, this goes a little bit beyond just not clicking with this person. It's a trust issue. And I was I was sending these snakes Uh, And then there was maybe two days Left of the retreat before we Went home and the last day of the Retreat I started to get A sore throat and that's not unusual Uh, I get sore throats all the time It's usually when I'm you know The end of a seven day retreat it's not Unusual for me to have a sore throat because I've worked a lot I've, I've talked A lot I've you know held a lot of Energy and I just get run down and that's What my body does but uh, as we were leaving the retreat site, I started to feel real sick. And then by the time I got home, it was about a four hour drive. By the time I got home, I was real sick. And I spent several days, you know, I had a week between retreats. I spent several days so sick that I actually was contemplating canceling my engagement I was supposed to teach. I was thinking I'm not going to be able to make it because I'm so sick. And that was the consequence I those Because it wasn't done, this is my opinion now. So you're just going to have to deal with your feelings about what I'm about to say. Uh, I wasn't enacting that working from a place of my highest self. I was enacting that working because I fucking hate someone. And I wanted to cause some chaos. And I wanted to prove that I was stronger. And what did I do? I cursed myself. I made myself sick. The, The spell hit me. Um, and that's stupid <laughs> yeah. and I couldn't undo it and I couldn't take it back. And I, I didn't want to take it back. Uh, but I had to live with the consequences of it working through my body and dealing with the, the impact of that. Um, yeah. yeah. Unintended consequences and done for the wrong reasons.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really funny. I, um, I I think about that a lot. There's a lot of folks, I think, right now out and about in the world that are saying things like, um, uh, you know, hex the patriarchy as an example. And I'm all for that, generally speaking. Yes. You know, I don't think that's a a bad spell or people are saying, you know, it's uh, an end to capitalism. Or other people are saying things like, shine a light on racism. We're going to do a spell to expose racism, which, again, don't get me wrong. I think they're all really good things. But what I think a lot of people don't realize when they they say, we want to see all the shine a light on racism. What they don't realize is, oh, shit, they're shining the light on themselves or the unintended Mm. consequences. They find out that the... Three of the five people in their coven are you know, mm-hmm. carrying racists or mm-hmm. misogynists or you know whatever whatever the thing is, and I think that's an interesting thing. I, I think about some retreats that I've been to over the years that constantly call out, you know, shine a light on this. Or it's the tower time if you do the tarot, you know, and
0: tear yeah. and, um,
2: down the web of lies. Tear down the
1: web of lies. Break which,
2: the illusions. Yeah, see the truth.
1: Yeah, which, yeah. again, don't get me wrong. I think as a stuff. piece of magic, that is a really good thing. And the consequence of that yeah. is that a lot of that starts at home. People think we should tear down the web of lies over there. Right. We should tear, tear down the web of lies that other people are telling. Right. We should tear down the web of lies that happen on the other side of the aisle or right. of the divide that we're right. on the other side of. And what they don't realize is that when they do that spell, it, it invariably everyone. comes home.
0: Yeah, it hits everyone.
1: Yeah, there's an old expression in, in England, uh, especially down like in Cornwall and that part of, of England, that um, it, there's the there's season when the dragons come home to roost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I often think about that, like a lot of people are putting a lot of energy into tearing these things down or exposing these things. things yeah. Again, I, I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. but then people are like, uh, uh, we should expose racism. Damn, there's a lot of racism, right? Where did all this come from? It's always been been there. You (laughs) just said you wanted to shine a light on it. And oh, look, it turns out your boyfriend or your next door neighbor or the witch in your coven that you have adored for years, you know, whatever it is, is that very thing.
2: Right. Well, and we're, you know, because we, Guyan and I both have a background in the reclaiming tradition of witchcraft, which is a very... Uh, activist-based tradition.
0: Like this is
2: something that that comes up a lot when working in that tradition because people uh, do magic about all of these things that you're talking about. It's not, um, at least what I've seen is a lot of reclaiming witches do, you know, personal spell work, but it's very personal. It's not really talked about or shared in a larger community context. In the large community context, it is spells for dismantling oppression, taking down the patriarchy, stopping capitalism, you know, all of these like big things. And, and one of the things that I've been really coming to terms with personally, because, um, you know, at witch camps there's a hundred or more people that attend. And we often engage in these massive rituals to do exactly what you're describing, Gwion. And it's like, now what? And it's with all of the unrest that we're experiencing in in the United States, especially right now, I'm like, damn. You know, I definitely wanted to fight for social justice and I definitely wanted to change the world we were living in because it was unjust in so many ways. Was, it is. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not like anything's really changed. It's just, you know a web of lies has been revealed, <laughs> but I'm like, now what do we do? You know, and that can also translate into the, the little spell that you do for yourself or the more private or personal things. If you burn away that thing, if you sacrifice that that part of yourself that you're ready to let go of to the fire, then what, right. you know, there's nature abhors a vacuum. So if you don't fill it with something else, It's just going to pop right back into place. And that's a little bit of what culturally I feel like we're experiencing right now is, you know, the it hasn't completely cleared out. We're aware of it, but we better start figuring out what comes next. Otherwise, it's just going to pop right back into place.
1: Yeah. And a bit harder and a bit stronger. Yeah, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that happens. There's a lot of spell work for releasing something, you know, releasing, burning. With blowing into the wind
1: cutting and yeah. yeah yeah but
2: you have to do something to fill that hole that you've created yeah
1: it's funny uh, uh, a dear friend and mentor of mine um said many years ago so i was making a decision to to leave a particular group um and uh she said okay great like sort of looked at all of the circumstances and said yep i think you know generally speaking that's probably a great idea mm-hmm. and Uh, said what are you going to do next and I said I haven't thought about it like I I don't know I'm so wrapped up in you know whether I should stay or go from this situation and I've decided to go and the advice that she gave was because that particular commitment took a certain amount of time every week or every month Mm -hmm. you know like uh, imagine if it was a I don't know a non-profit that you were part of and you were going to meet uh, every two hours or, or meet two hours every, <laughs> every two, hours. <laughs> two hours every month yeah. or something like that right or if it was a coven and you were going to meet every friday or yeah. something and what she said was bookmark that time like <laughs> fill that time with something even if it's just to say for these three hours mm-hmm. i'm going to let whatever unfolds unfolds because if i didn't consciously fill that gap something would fill that gap.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And I I really love that as a as a piece of magic and it has actually protected me many times from exactly what you were just saying like okay I want this thing to end or begin mm-hmm. or be different in some way. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the next thing looks like. Yeah. So what I'll do is say I want something to fill this space. I don't know what it is yet. So I'm going to bookmark this time and mark it as sacred and mark it as mine and say, you know, nothing shall intrude upon this time. Yeah. And then I'll figure out what it is that needs to fill it later.
2: And this might sound a little bit new agey for people. So whatevs. But one of the things that I find really effective in holding space is light.
1: What do you mean holding space?
2: So this is a very physical example, but I get headaches a lot. And one of the self-healing techniques that I have learned is to pull, energetically pull the headache out. And for me, my headache often looks like black, sludgy, almost like um, like slime, you know, like it's kind of resistant. But, and, like an and, oil spill. Yeah, but not not liquid. It's kind of like got texture to it anyway none of that matters but i'll take a minute and pull that out of my head i'll pull all of the black sludge that i can out of where i'm experiencing the pain and that does release the pain usually not this doesn't always work but it often works however if i just leave it at that it comes right back right so then what i do is you know i i, I have a reiki thing sometimes i'll use reiki but more often than not i just kind of activate We everyone has energy centers in their palms it's It is part of the chakra system, but it is an energy center if you're not into chakras. But I activate those energy centers, and often I visualize or pretend or imagine that they are glowing with light. And then I put my hands over that spot in my head where I'm experiencing the pain or where, where I had just pulled out the sludge, and I fill that space that's now empty with light. And it holds the space it keeps it clear it keeps that energy that dark energy that pain energy that dark is not the right word that pain energy it keeps it from coming back in so if you do some sort of releasing um i don't think a lot of witchcraft practitioners are as physically connected and aware as they could or should be right so just take that as you will but every spell you do every ritual you get involved with any type of activity you do impacts your physical body so if you're doing a spell to release something before you just set that thing in the fire and burn it or blow the ashes away connect in with your body and figure out where are you releasing that from where in your body is going to have a hole and let that go, let it go, but then you've got to put something in. So if you don't know what comes next, if you're not, you know, if you're not going to fill it with a specific type of energy or a specific color or a plant or whatever, if you're not going to fill that energetic hole in your physical body, then activate your energy centers in your palms and fill it with light and the light will hold the space until you know what goes in there. It's kind of like uh, pieces or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: If that makes sense. It's a little new agey, but it works.
1: No, I do. I do like that. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, just from a magical perspective, you know, if you think about like attracts like, right, or any of those other kind of sort of um, depending on your opinion truisms or tropes. But you know, if again, if if you let something go, something will fill that space. Yeah. So you can choose to fill it with a placeholder, with a bookmark, you know, or you can. Yeah. Just see what happens. I mean, neither one of those are better than the other, but one of them gives you a little bit more measure of control. Right. or power. Right. And really, I mean this is getting off topic a little bit here, but all magic is about power. Sure. And if anyone tells you differently, they're selling you something, Princess.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean
1: that's just the reality of it. Yeah. Absolutely. We we want a measure of we are powerless in the situation. So we want to do magic to create power yes right or and sometimes power looks like control or rebellion mm-hmm. or you know whatever it is activism but it's about power yeah I mean, that's again sorry kids if that just blew your mind or <laughs> upset you it's true but you're not going to actually be able to shoot fire bolts from your fingers unless you bathe your fingers in alcohol and then light them on fire which just from a disclaimer standpoint of view. Don't do that. Don't do
2: that. Uh, you know what though? I am going to just argue that uh, maybe you can.
1: Maybe you can. Well,
2: shoot fire bolts out of your fingers. Go on then. I don't know how. Okay. I have not been taught, and my will is not stronger than the will of fire. Mm. So if I, if my will was stronger than the will of fire, then maybe I could. You know, I. What's funny is I'm a skeptic. I'm totally a skeptic and i believe a whole lot more is possible than we might even begin to understand yeah
0: i think that's fair to say
2: i would love to shoot fire bolts out of my fingers but i don't know how
1: okay so we are talking about magical spells going wrong here so like just be aware that if you like spontaneously human combust <laughs>
2: which is a buzzfeed video we were just watching yesterday <laughs> right
1: I'm just, I'll come on the air in a few weeks, I'll be a bit sobby and a bit weepy, but I'll be like, Phoenix wanted to shoot well, fireball. I also
2: want to be a vampire, so, oh, you know.
1: You are a bit of a vampire sometimes. Not. <laughs>
2: that's so mean. No, that's not true. Take that back.
1: All right, you're not a vampire. Time suck. But not a vampire. But time suck? No, you're not. Just
0: kidding. Wow. We're getting a glimpse at some true
1: FeeFees here. <laughs> true FeeFees? <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: Gwion and his FeeFees. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, uh, this could be another example <laughs> of spell work gone horribly wrong where Phoenix and Gwion break up on the <laughs> f- uh, podcast because <laughs> Gwion was in his FeeFees, apparently. <laughs> 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 All right. So what other, t- uh, what other spells? Maybe we should broaden this. What about, like, rituals that have gone wrong? Like, what magical fuckery have you been part of where you've thought, what the what? actual hell am I doing? Yeah,
2: well, you know, that's a, that is a very interesting question, and it's hard to answer on a generic context, if oh. that makes sense. Because th- the vast majority of my ritual experience is either so – okay, let me break it down for you. I have solo ritual experience. Solo? solo like my own little oh. private rituals and those things don't go wrong or if they do i just keep going because it's mine and no one knows better
0: right
2: uh or Gardnerian, because i'm a Gardnerian. uh Gardnerian ritual which is oath bound which means i can't talk about it or share what goes on in ritual right or my public priestessing and my public ritual leading Is mostly in the again the reclaiming tradition of witchcraft, Uh, and so that reclaiming is a lot different than other magical systems and magic traditions and witchcraft traditions because it isn't, um, there's not liturgy and it is improvisational. So things go wrong in reclaiming rituals all the time, but it's improv. It's, it's you, you know, you step in and you're working with a a group of priestesses there's no hierarchy and um, and so that can make it more complicated and I've definitely been in rituals where a priestess and I'm using the term priestess as a genderful word um, I guess I should say priest ex uh, where a priest ex was supposed to do a certain thing and then didn't And I had to step in and course correct. Like I've definitely been in rituals like that, but I'm not sure that that is something that most witchy folks will connect with because Because they're
1: reading from a book or from a a rote. Right. Reclaiming
2: system, reclaiming ritual is so different. I mean, like that part of that's not true. Like casting a circle and grounding and calling the elements and all that crap. That's pretty, (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty universal. Like, you know the specific words that are said or the order that things go in might be different by you know different traditions um but what happens in the meat or the tofu of the ritual like we say in reclaiming i think reclaiming is pretty unique in yeah. that regard um just from the rituals that i've been a part of from other traditions uh but you know when you work with a group of Pre-stexes. There's always going to be someone, whether it's uh, a memorized ritual or an improv- improvisational ritual, there's always going to be someone that fucks up their lines, misses their cue. It's just like a play. Uh, and so it's having to trust the cast of characters, the other people holding ritual roles to have your back or step in or, you know, course correct when things go wonky.
1: Yeah. You've also set yourself on fire before in a ritual. That wasn't planned.
2: I feel like we talk about this every time.
1: I think it's one of I
2: set my hair on fire.
1: (laughs) I think it's a good
0: cautionary tale.
2: During an initiation ritual, actually, my own second degree initiation, I leaned over a candle and a big chunk of my hair (laughs) went (laughs) up in flames.
1: I'm laughing only because (laughs) I was there and I know you survived it. And and
2: everyone in the room was like, oh, my God. And I was like, it's fine just fine, and fine, fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. But there was that sweet smell of burning hair for, for quite a while. Time.
2: Well, you know, my hair isn't this long now, but at the time, my hair was past my butt. Yeah. So it was quite
1: a... It was a lot.
2: Quite a chunk of hair that was sacrificed to the gods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I go in all the way. No half measures.
1: <laughs> That's the name of Phoenix's sex tape. Oh my God. <laughs> I had to say it. See, this is a podcast gone wrong. We're totally not talking about what we thought we were going to talk about.
2: Uh, That's the name of the game, friendo. (laughs) All
1: right. So Mm. uh, what other uh, witchery has gone wrong for you? I know for me, like with cookery, you know, because obviously I do a lot of food magic. There have been absolutely times where I have, I mean, just absolutely cocked up a ritual. I mean, (laughs) a ritual. Cocked up a a, a, recipe. A recipe like beyond belief like I thought it was going to turn into one thing and you know a lot of cooks will say that they have like plan a the thing that they think they're going to cook and then what happens if it doesn't quite work out that well is sort of plan b and Mm -hmm. then there's oh shit this is what the slop I'm going to put on the plate (laughs) and I've definitely done some food magic where I thought I was going to be creating um you know something wonderful and it just it turns horrible I burn it or it's undercooked and there's no way to recook it in a way mm-hmm. that that keeps it and that spell just turns to garbage i mean there's you just have to i mean what i end up doing frequently is just laughing throwing it in the garbage can or down the yeah garbage disposal or putting it in the compost that you know whatever whatever it is and just going okay well i'm i'm ending this spell right now the new spell is you know may the bugs that eat this or the the say that take this offering as a piece of crap offering and i'm really clear that no 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 i mean like i'm clear i'm saying this is a total fuck up if you can use it please do right you know but um yeah i have i have really bollocks up food well
2: that's you know a pretty good like uh, metaphor that's appropriate um for spell work in general you know like if it just doesn't turn out the way you want it if you get to the end of a working and something's just not right you just you know scatter the remnants to the winds and start afresh
0: yeah Yeah, you know
2: and i think that that's also if you're following someone else's spell it's it is like following a recipe if you're if you're not creating something completely of your own and unique if you've you know used a book found something online and you're using someone else's you know quote unquote recipe then you may get part way through the ritual and realize oh crap I thought I had lavender and I don't so now what so you either have to course correct in the moment and find something else you have that is in the same vein as lavender or whatever lavender is supposed to represent in your ritual or you have to put on the brakes and stop the whole thing and redo later when you have all the ingredients you're supposed to use you know
1: which actually brings up an interesting point like uh you know there's that great line that i'll probably screw up it's from jurassic park (laughs) it's it's jeff goldblum Uh says it what's his name dr what do you remember his name
2: uh, uh, I should know this, but I I'm not going to call it right But it's now.
1: the line where they're all sitting around the table and he goes, it's, it's, he, he says, it's not that we could do it, but did anyone should. ask, should we yeah. do it? Mm-hmm. And I often think Ian, some. Ian,
2: Dr. Ian something.
1: Sure. It's Jeff Goldblum. Darn it. Right.
2: I'm sorry, Philip. I'm so embarrassed. I failed. Terrible. Go on.
1: Anyway. Uh, so there's that moment where he says, you know, basically we, you know, we could do this, but should we do this? Yeah. And I often think that especially, um, either witches that are new to witchcraft, actually, witches that have been around for a long time, that don't do magic that often anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it's such a part of their life that they don't necessarily like candles anymore or gather herbs. They are just like, Oh, I need to do a bit of magic. I'll think about this. And then, you know, that's kind of the spell, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, Sometimes, you know, we get, you know, seven out of 10 steps into magic and something doesn't feel right. But we feel like because we've started it, we have to finish it. Mm -hmm. And I would just disabuse people of that uh, notion. Yeah. Like you can absolutely get ninety nine percent of the way done on the spell and go, fuck this. This is this doesn't feel right. This doesn't look right. Doesn't smell right. I think I've screwed it up. I think I want to stop and, you know, phone a friend and start again. <laughs> I think you can do that. Sure. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize. No,
2: that. I think that's true, too, of of go attending ritual. You know, it's it is more difficult when you're in a small group and, you know, you're in a tiny room and everyone's naked. And then you're like, actually, this doesn't feel good to me. I'm leaving. Like it's a, it, it does create a little bit more awkward. Yeah. To be like, oh, you know what? I'm not cool here. I'm going to go. Because you you do have to explain yourself a little bit more in a situation like that. But at no point should anyone be participating in a ritual of any way, shape, or form, including a spell, where they don't feel in alignment with what's going on. If you get an itch or an inkling or a discomfort... And what is happening, then don't do it. Stop it. Walk away. Leave the ritual. Exit the room like that. Yeah. People... I mean, like
1: you don't have to make a big scene about it.
2: You no, no. I mean, you know, like when you're in a public ritual with 200 people and you just leave, some people might not even notice.
1: Right.
2: Whereas if you're with a coven of six people and you walk out, they're going to notice, right, you know? Right, so, right. so it does make it a little bit more tricky, but it doesn't mean it's any less important to trust the reaction that you're getting if something's not in alignment, you know?
1: And just to be a complete and utter contrarian, Mm. there are times when I have thought, yeah, this piece of magic isn't for me, but I'm kind of sort of stuck in this uh, situation, you know? So I'll see it through. Maybe I won't participate at the fullest level that I could, but I'll just sort of uh, uh, hang around the edges and sometimes that's turned out to be the magic that I really needed to do.
2: Well, that is one of those situations where you must know thyself, which is one of the most important parts of witchcraft, in my humble opinion. Mm. You need to discern, is this discomfort because it's an edge that I actually really need to d- work with or deal with or push because this is actually completely against my beliefs and, and my beliefs? My, yeah. uh, Whatever. I can't think of the word. So if it's, if you're experiencing discomfort because you need to face this shit, then be brave and face it. Or maybe you're not ready to yet. And that's okay too. But you know, you have to, you need to understand and know yourself enough to know like i and, and some rituals, you're just like, eh, especially with public ritual. You know, you go to a public ritual, attend a public ritual, and you might be like, Meh. like, this isn't very good this isn't holding my interest. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. And you, you know, you hang out because, and you end up having a good experience, you know, but that's more because it's boring or it's stupid or it's not what you thought it was going to be. Not because it goes against your values, you know, so yeah. you, that's, you got to know yourself. Yeah. And if you don't know yourself, you should probably start working on that right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs>
2: always that's lifelong work. It is. Congratulations.
1: Yes, you have a life. You'll work on it. And now you have homework
2: right. from Phoenix. Yeah, go get started.
1: So I was thinking about <laughs> you mentioning rituals, and I was thinking about this one. Uh, so I was a, uh, it was it was mm. and for anybody that attended this ritual or if you put on this ritual, I'm I've gonna said
2: apologize in advance. Yeah, like I mean,
1: <laughs> I've said this before. Um, So I went to this ritual and it was called the big Lebowski ritual. And they, they, this group of people actually created an entire magical ritual using the movie, the big Lebowski as the, um, as like the theme for the ritual. And I thought initially going into it and a couple of other people that I went to this ritual with, we thought this is going to be a hoot, right? Like, how unique and how clever. Um, And they did a really amazing job of some things like, um, you know, they had a joint in, in the, where the fire altar was and they had like a, a a white Russian where the, uh, where the water um, uh, altar would be like all of these things from the movie in the middle of the room, they had a big rug that pulled the ritual together. I mean, it was really a cute idea. Yeah. And about three minutes into this ritual, I think everybody in the room, except for maybe the five or six people that were conducting this ritual realized this was just a shit show. Like they were nervous and it it was, um, people were forgetting their lines and it was, you know, some folks were reading their bits like, and now, we will go to the rug in the middle of the room. Like it was really like high school drama club bad. Right. And
2: I have to make a small note here as that, you know, again, it's impossible for us to talk about ritual without t- bringing up reclaiming, but there is no reading of papers and reclaiming. So sometimes reclaiming witches have snobbiness around people who read in ritual. Yeah, no.
1: And it wasn't, I didn't say they were reading. It was like, reading they, <laughs> <right>. and again, <laughs> The, I mean, these folks were earnest, and yeah. and the the idea was so cute. But here's the, the the thing that I loved. Again, like three or four minutes in, I think most everybody realized that the ritual was not quite cracked or, 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 all that it was cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. And rather than going, well, this is a piece of shit Let's and leaving, right? We were like, you know what? We are going with this. Like, we are going with the absolute cheese whiz in a can that this ritual is yeah we're just gonna go for it and it turned out to be spec-fucking-tacular yeah like it was great because it was so bad and everyone was like yeah i'm going there we're just gonna go full on into this ritual and it was actually brilliant like in spite of itself. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think about that, like that was a ritual that definitely went wrong. Yeah, It went off the rails really quickly and turned out to be brilliant. And here it is 10 years later. And I remember that ritual from that, Pantheacon. Right. I can't tell you anything else about that Pantheacon. I yeah, yeah. can't tell you about any other ritual that I went to in that Pantheacon. Well,
2: that's the thing, you know. This is 2020. Yes. Yeah. So the, the last Pantheacon happened this yeah. year. There won't be another one. But there are pagan conferences, you know. Hopefully someday again after COVID, there are pagan conferences that happen. There are public rituals from lots of different traditions that happen. And if you have access, if you live in an area where these things are happening again once we're allowed to congregate again, it is good to go to them because you get a vibe of how other traditions do things. That's what I love about pagan conferences is you kind of get a sampler plate of how other traditions do things. And it can, you know, as a young witchling, the only ritual public ritual I'd ever attended was a reclaiming ritual. That's like the main um, community where I grew up is a reclaiming community. So it was many years before I experienced any other type of ritual. I, you know, I, I'd probably been doing witchcraft for a decade before I realized there were other ways of doing it besides reading it from a book where you have no context. You know, I performed all of the rituals out of the, the witch's Bible before I'd ever gone to a public ritual, but I had no context. It didn't, it didn't make sense enough, and it was boring, and it felt stupid. And then I went to reclaiming rituals and I was like, oh, well, this is what they're supposed to be like. And now that, you know, 20 years down the road past that, no, <laughs> reclaiming is not how most other traditions do it. It's some like weird hybrid between reading it out of a book by yourself. And then this ecstatic made up in the middle of things. Yeah. I- improvisational ritual, you know, so yeah. you got to kind of taste lots of, of flavors before you decide which one is the right one for you.
1: You know what I find interesting, and this is not about rituals gone wrong or spells gone wrong, but
0: I know I was like, we're off topic, but yeah, it's okay. Sorry it's, right, it's our show.
1: Um so I I must admit that like we've been to a fair number of druid rituals. Yeah. And there is a particular beauty about those rituals. Um there are some things I think they get really right. Mm-hmm. And other things that I'm like, this is so boring. It's not for you. Right, it's not for me. And but I have been to many, 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 many different traditions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I find that to be true. There are some things I think, wow, they do that so much better than the way I practice. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And then I realise there are bits of, like, oh, yeah, I would never do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and I don't think that that's, uh, you mentioned sort of like ritual snobbery. Yeah. I don't think it's ritual snobbery, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's like, it's, it's this, this works for me, this doesn't. Right. And I also recognize there are some things that don't work for me because they're not actually designed for me. Right. And that's perfectly okay. And I think that's an interesting thing. Like a lot of people say, well, this ritual didn't impact me, therefore it was a bad ritual. No. Well, maybe it wasn't for you.
0: Right.
1: Like I imagine if I was ever invited, and I have been uh, many, many, many years ago, but if I was invited to a Native American ceremony, There are there are contexts Mm -hmm. in that ceremony that were not meant for me. They weren't written for me. I'm not part of that culture. I might be an invited guest. So I might not get the experience that everybody else in that ceremony get. Yeah. And that's okay because it wasn't designed for me. I don't have to go. This didn't meet my needs. It right. was actually never designed to. Right. And I think that's an interesting thing that we have to be aware of as well. Right. That the folks that are putting on the ritual or that are part of that culture or practice or uh, religion or sect or, or branch of paganism, whatever it is, they are doing a ritual that fulfills their needs. Mm-hmm. And if I'm an invited guest or an invited participant in that ritual, it doesn't have to actually include me.
2: Right. Right, there's lots of flavors, and there is no one answer, and if you don't like any of what you've tried, you can totally make up your own thing. Go
0: do something else. Which
2: yeah. is the beauty of all of this, and, you know, the craziness of all of this, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's beautiful and problematic. Yay! Yeah. Uh, so, we are almost at time. Are we? Just wanted to put that out there. So Did you we know.
1: talk about spells going wrong?
2: Uh, yeah, a little bit.
1: Okay, and rituals going wrong.
2: Uh-huh. Was and, there something else that you feel we lacked that we you want to <laughs> bring in there before we no, sign off?
1: No. Other than I would just say, you know, for folks that uh, are for list, listening in, that um, I'm going to give you permission, and you don't need my permission. So you know, just take that with a grain of salt. But I'm. It, it's perfectly all right if you screw up a spell. mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: Like you will. Like, it's not a matter of if you do, you will do. You'll screw up a spell at some point. Whatever that
0: means. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You'll do
1: a spell for the wrong reasons. You'll you'll bury something instead of burning something. You'll do it and then a month later read in a book that you should never do that.
0: (laughs) And that's okay. (laughs) Right? Yeah.
1: I mean, just I do still ultimately believe that it's better to do something or consciously do nothing than just unconsciously do nothing. Sure. You know, like it's one thing to say, I will do a thing. It's another thing to say, I will not do a thing. And then it's another thing to be apathetic. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think if you just know that you're absolutely likely to screw up a spell and, you know, the the part that nobody often talks about is that then you have to live with the consequences right that doesn't mean you can't mitigate them or change them or apologize for them or do another spell that's different or better Mm -hmm. but you can fuck it up and be perfectly okay yeah you are not going to um hex the moon it's not going to fall (laughs) out of the sky
2: (laughs) no and most of the time if a spell goes wrong, what happens is nothing happens.
1: You're the person impacted.
2: You Nothing happens. The thing that you were trying to manifest doesn't manifest. The thing that you were trying to call in doesn't happen. And that's not always because you did something wrong. It's because maybe that wasn't for you. Yeah. And that's, that is another sort of third line of trickiness here is that we all have, whether you're an animist or a polytheist or whatever – We all have guides and allies and a higher self and a God self and, you know, ancestors that are looking out for us. And sometimes the thing that you want isn't, for you even if you want it right and and so if you because you know i see this a lot i'm a a witch for hire so if you've been doing a spell to make sean the next door neighbor fall in love with you for six years and it still hasn't worked well bitch it's not going to (laughs) work you know like move on open yourself up to more potential than just sean your neighbor i'm just making shit up i don't have a neighbor named sean and i don't have any clients with neighbors named sean that i'm aware of but I see a lot of times where someone isn't manifesting what they want and they just keep doing it. They're beating a dead horse for, I'm not exaggerating years, years. And at some point, this is what I tell my clients. How long are you willing to put your life on hold? How long are you willing to leave something else that could be better on the table? Because you're so focused on this one thing. So, Just know that sometimes your allies know better than you and they're not going to let that job manifest or that lover manifest or that thing manifest because it's not right for you.
1: Because sometimes showing the next door neighbor
2: is a dick. Yeah, right. So, you know, that's the other thing. And that goes back to what we were talking about a little while ago, which is knowing yourself, knowing yourself. And that is at any time something goes wrong, if a spell does backfire, which I don't Unless you're cursing people, then you, then you got backfire to worry about. But if something backfires or doesn't manifest or doesn't happen, if a spell goes wrong, look at yourself.
1: All right. Now, you, I know we're supposed to be at the end of our time, yeah. but you cannot just drop in there.
2: Except for when you're doing cursing work and then <laughs> then
1: not saying it. Okay. People gonna be like, what the fuck?
2: So in witchcraft, some people believe in the threefold law. What, a load of crap. Right. Total what, crap. Right. What you put out there comes back to you three times or ten times if you're cursing. Okay. So no, that's all made up in the 60s and 70s by a bunch of white dudes. Whatevs, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But. It is true. It's actually
1: a a misreading of a very old saying.
2: Well, it's a a white man's interpretation of karma is what it
1: is. Well, we'll we'll talk about this on another show, basically, because it actually comes from an an old, old saying that I'll probably bollocks out. But it, it comes from something where essentially it was like marketing. Like you know the old thing where it says you know the
2: threefold law
0: witchcraft marketing no it is it really was
1: you know the um you know uh, there's an old expression like a uh, a happy customer will tell one person about your business, but an um, upset happy, customer yeah. will tell everyone yeah. about your business yeah it would basically the the notion of the threefold law came from the idea that if a if a witch did you a solid, you were supposed to tell like three people and if the if the witch didn't do you a solid, you weren't supposed to tell I anyone. I really
2: want to know where you got this.
1: Oh, I'll look it gem. up. All right, maybe on another show. I really oh, want to up. know
2: where this came from because yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, no.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, but, yeah. you're not telling people that the witch did you
2: a solid. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: it's an old English. Thing. I don't believe I'll dig no. it You
2: need to show me this.
1: I will I will find my citations okay. and Report it back on another show. But my point being, my is,
2: point being,
1: the threefold law <laughs> is false.
2: right. But the point is really. It is true that the energy you put into the world is going to come back to you. It is true. It's the secret. It's the whatever. You might not want to believe it, but it is true. And if you are a negative Nelly and you're cursing everyone and you see demons and shadows and negativity in every corner and you assume everyone is ripping you off then you're going to manifest that in your life. Everyone is going to be a jerk. Everyone is going to be ripping you off. Everyone is going to be a terrible person. Now, that doesn't mean if you're just like, everyone's wonderful. Everything's beautiful. I love all people. That, That means you're never going to run into bad luck or have people in your life that are jerks. No, that's not what I'm saying. But if you spend, and this goes back to my snake spell, if you spend so much time sending negativity out, you will get, some of that you will get some of that it will stick to you so if you're going to have some of your spell work stick to you you might as well have it be good stuff rather than a bunch of angry hatred there's hatred is this is such a much longer conversation because you know i'm also like oh yeah that guy who uh is an abusive terrible human piece of garbage you know whatever Sure. Curse that bastard. I'm not against that. I am all for that. Right. I am for justified magical workings. But who gets to decide what justified is? Yeah. Right. And that is everyone's personal ethics. And
1: there's always a residual effect. Yes. Cause and effect.
2: That's just science. Everything you do will have an impact. And sometimes that impact isn't a good one. And you need to understand that before you enact in any type of spell
1: right. work. And be willing to take that on.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it's, again, this is so slippery and, and difficult because there isn't one, it's not science, not math. There isn't one specific thing. There's not one specific way. It's not like it's always like this. It's not like if you curse that rapist, that you know, something terrible is going to happen in your life because you did a curse. Or if you curse your, you know, what did I call the neighbor guy? Sean. Sean. If you curse Sean, the neighbor guy, because he looked at you funny and you're having a bad day and you just needed to put that angry energy somewhere that, you know, your car is going to get repossessed. Like, it's not like that. It's, it's not simple weights and measures and tit for tat. It's a complicated web. So, yeah, it all goes back to know they sell.
1: Right. Well, there
0: we go. Oh, That
2: made me think of a spell I did out of anger. I don't know if it worked or not because it was a stranger. Oh. You want to hear it? I don't know that I should share this. Uh, I was driving my car and someone cut me off and uh, was very aggressive. And then I pulled up next to them because we were both turning in the same direction. It was a double turn lane. And they cut me off. And then proceeded to curse at me and make violent gestures, a man make violent gestures towards me, and then he spit on my car. So I pulled over and I took out a tissue and I collected his spit and I cursed the fuck out of it. I don't know if it worked, but I was so angry that someone would be so violent and disgusting and abusive and spit on me that I was like, sorry, buddy, I'm not going to let you just walk off scot-free. I can't run you over in my car, which is what I wanted to do in that moment. (laughs) I can't follow you home and tell your mom how you're a douchebag. So I'm going to do this little magical retribution. And usually what I do in situations like that is, may you get what you deserve or may you be seen for who you truly are, because maybe it is just my anger and it's unfair of me to, you know, curse someone, but may you get what you deserve. That's pretty fair.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There are a couple of people that I've used that one on.
2: Yeah, it's the may you be seen for who you truly are, one that I use pretty much on a daily
1: basis. It's that lovely blessing and a curse. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because it makes you, because we do get angry, and you know, when you are a magical practitioner, it's easy to be like, oh yeah? Just wait till I get home. But it's not always healthy. It's not good for you. It's not good for your spirit. So Offering a blessing curse. There you go. It dissolves the anger.
1: So, if we were to look back (laughs) over this episode, be careful what you ask for when Uh you do spell work. Yep. Because... It's likely if you, if you're not uh, specific enough and broad enough that you yeah. you'll bollocks it the up.
2: specific vagueness is a real skill to doing. Yeah, good vague
1: specificity.
2: Yeah, vague specificity. Yeah,
1: yeah. So number one, yep. learn how to do that. Yeah. Number two, understand that you will absolutely screw up some spell at some point, and that's okay because every witch has. Yeah. Right. Number three, Sean the neighbor is a dick.
0: <laughs> Sean the neighbor. Sean, the non-believer.
2: And
1: number four, don't ever spit on Phoenix. Don't
2: spit on anyone or anything. It's just gross and rude. And definitely don't give someone your personal effects so your hair or nails are spit. What are you, dumb? (laughs) Dummy. Anyway, sorry.
1: (laughs) All right, so now we are over time officially.
2: Sorry, everyone.
1: And clearly moving off into other realms. Yeah. All right.
2: Good luck with your spells and junk.
1: Yeah. I mean, not your junk.
0: Maybe. Yeah,
1: well, maybe. Maybe you're doing spelling your junk or someone else's junk. Just be careful. Nothing can go wrong with that.
2: On that note, thanks for listening.
1: Thanks, everybody. See you later. Bye. Peace out.